0: This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, YPulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report on media consumption. And Mary Lee Bliss, Pulse's chief content officer, is here to break down young consumers' entertainment preferences and what it means for anyone who wants to capture their attention. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Before we dive into our conversation, can you give listeners a bit of context about why Pulse, who you're serving, how many people, how old they are, where they are, how often you're talking to them, and what that generally means in terms of margin of error?
1: Absolutely. So Y-Pulse is the leading research agency focused completely on youth. We are constantly surveying 13 to 39-year-olds across the U.S., Canada, and Western Europe. Uh, For this survey that we're going to be talking about today, uh, it was conducted among 1,500 13 to 39-year-olds in the U.S. and Canada. So we are looking at a healthy sample. It's balanced to be representative across age and gender with a very small margin of error.
0: Fantastic. Last year, around this time, you and I were talking about the TikTok juggernaut and how important it was as an entertainment source. So now it's a year on. How does TikTok stack up to, let's say, Netflix?
1: Yeah. It's so interesting to look at where they're really spending their time and where their eyes are really resting <laughs> with all of this competition. And we do ask exactly where they're consuming video. So Netflix is still the number one place that they are watching content on a weekly basis. So definitely still way up there. But it should be noted that TikTok is right underneath. It's second when stacked against platforms like Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, Hulu. It is above them. It's even above YouTube.
0: Wow. Wow. One of the things that Gen X media futurist Evan Shapiro has talked about recently is that he's really disengaged with Netflix. And one might argue mm. that just means they're not trying to capture him. <laughs> they're trying to capture younger consumers. Very true. So when looking this weekly basis, you mentioned TikTok, you mentioned Netflix, who are the top five if if netflix is number 1 and tiktok is number 2 who are the who are the 3 4 and 5
1: yeah so netflix number 1 tiktok 2 youtube is number 3 as i said then instagram and then facebook of wow. course there are differences between gen z and millennials we always have to say so for gen z facebook is not in the top 5 that should not surprise <laughs> anyone it's actually disney plus that is their number 5
0: oh wow That's interesting. Yeah. But I suppose what's interesting also is is the gap between Netflix number one and Disney plus number five. Is it a big gap or is it tight?
1: It's significant. So we say Netflix is Gen Z and millennials cable and the numbers really show it. So when we ask 13 to 39 year olds, what services are they using to watch video content weekly or more? 63% said they are using Netflix versus 35% Thirty-five percent who say they are watching Disney Plus, for example. Okay, wow. weekly or more often. So it is head and shoulders above the rest. That's a that's a big that's a big jump down. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You also looked at which entertainment source young consumers would pick if they could only pick one and they had to keep it for a year. So that's like this is their <laughs> their love at a category level, streaming, social media, cable, what won the day.
1: I hope no one will be surprised to hear that <laughs> streaming services are absolutely the top way they would choose to watch content. And I love this question because we're forcing them to choose, which I always uh, adore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it really shows the the true preference, right? So 54%. beats out social media.
0: I think I would know that it would beat cable, but beating social media is interesting to me.
1: That's right. I mean, when we're talking about they could only watch one Of the platforms, not the others, to think about where their favorite shows live. And even though they are spending so much time watching content on social media, they still do watch TV and movies, which we have to emphasize to brands all the time. TV is still a pop culture juggernaut, juggernaut for these generations. It still matters to them. Well,
0: right. Although it's trickier to create a this sort of concept of monoculture, which back in the day of four channels, a lot easier to have monoculture than when it is still, even if it's through streaming, it's fragmented. Although not all streamers are the same, if we dive into that streaming, we had talked about the gap between Netflix and Disney Plus. If people are are told, gee whiz, you can only watch one. How do the streamers shake out?
1: So Netflix is still number one if they had to choose only one place to watch content. Mm -hmm. And that's among both Gen Z and millennials. I should say for Gen Z, YouTube is a very close second. So... Another okay. thing we often have to emphasize is do not ignore the OG video giants. They okay. are still incredibly engaged on YouTube and in fact would choose it over a TikTok if they could only watch content in one place. Ooh. Uh, absolutely huge, right? So... Those two, YouTube and Netflix, are far and above the other streamers like Amazon Prime and Disney Plus and Hulu, which are third, fourth, fifth on the list, or sorry, fourth, fifth, sixth on the list, but much smaller percentages. Right.
0: If I remember, Netflix is capturing 22%, say, this is my number one, only thing I'm going to watch. Disney, Amazon Prime, Hulu, they're in the 5-4% range, right? Correct. Interesting. And then where's cable coming in?
1: (laughs) We still include cable on these lists. We have to, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we know that they are not watching cable anywhere close to where previous generations did. Cable is way down under pretty much every social media. And I would say probably 10th on the list if they had to choose one, maybe even lower down than that. So thinking back to the
0: streamers, obviously they're winning, so it's the the right idea, but would, the variation, if Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney are all in the 5 4% range and, and Netflix is 22%, so some aren't executing it as well as others, one might say. It's so
1: true.
0: So what would you say... What are some of the things that Netflix is doing so right as far as young consumers?
1: Well, I will say first, they have longevity on their side, right? They're far more established than Peacock or even Disney Plus, although Disney Plus has so Did Peacock even content. show up though? It <laughs> is on the list. It is very far down. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you right. know, really- So I'm really... saying Netflix has been around a lot longer, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot more built-in behavior, pattern behavior. And if you've had Netflix for a long time, it keeps renewing as opposed to something, a new service that you might have to sign up for, where you would probably be signing up for a specific show. Okay. But on top of that, Netflix really does a great job of tapping into the social media trends that young consumers are creating and proliferating and really making sure their shows are, are really speaking to these generations. So things like Stranger Things, things like Wednesday, these became organically trend on social media, but Netflix absolutely capitalizes on that. I think the other thing that Netflix does really well is to show the shows that are trending. And mm. while you are right, there's not the same cultural monolith television juggernauts that there were when there were four channels. There still is a TV zeitgeist. And one of the things that helps to spread that word is seeing what's in the top 10 on Netflix. So their user experience actually helps them to build the audiences for their shows.
0: Right. You also looked at what young consumers are paying for. What are they subscribing to?
1: This is the million dollar question for so many brands now, right? And what we see is that the top thing that they are paying for, because of course, some of them are still using their parents' accounts, but the top thing that they're paying for is online streaming. So your Netflix, your Hulu's, et cetera, is the top kind of subscription that they're paying for. And that's stacked against things like gaming subscriptions, magazine subscriptions, access to digital news and magazines, podcasts, etc.
0: One of the things I found was interesting was that music video content comes up in the top four in terms of interests in terms of what they like but in terms of music streaming accounts, it, they weren't as popular. I thought that was kind
1: Well of I think that the the clarification there is we are asking which subscriptions they pay for. There is a lot of streaming content that they can get for free. So to Uh, pay for it is the next level, right? right, Uh, So Spotify, you have a free account unless you want no ads or a family account. You can listen to YouTube all day long and many of them do. And our music report covers Uh, that really well. YouTube is actually one of the top places that they're listening to music.
0: Interesting, interesting. You separated out Prime because people currently get the video if they subscribe for the shipping. Do you think given where Amazon Prime sits in terms of the entertainment landscape that they'll pay for it because they're talking about having ads unless you pay more to have it ad-free. Do you think that that will disrupt that?
1: I think that, first of all, we've seen that they love Prime as a service. so They like the shipping they're going to keep, right? Exactly. But But when it comes to needing to pay to be ad-free, what we've actually seen, and we have in other data for other reports, is that they're not as ad-averse as you might think. So yes, they're skipping the ads, but... Many of them are very open to having ad content if it means that they get to pay less because quite frankly, they're not paying attention to those ads. So they're okay to have that few minutes that they have to skip through as long as that means that they then don't have to pay as much. So I don't know that that it will be a huge money maker because these generations are looking for ways to save money especially when there are so many streaming services mm. and so it's all those costs are all stacking up. So any way that they could save money on these things they are very open to. I just wonder if they I agree. I don't
0: I don't think they're gonna sign up for it and Amazon thinks great, we're gonna get the ad revenue, it doesn't matter, but I wonder if they're actually gonna just skip it all together. They want the experience and the content isn't compelling enough, maybe to have them either pay or watch an ad, even. I, I just wonder how that Yeah, it's gonna, a great question. How that's gonna land. What people say they're going to spend doesn't necessarily play out in terms of what they actually spend. But what I found really great was in addition to asking if people subscribed, you checked in with how much they were spending on subscriptions using U.S. currency. Where were things landing in terms of spending?
1: So the most expensive thing that they're spending on every month is Internet. And that's a necessary evil for these generations. That's the one thing they're going to keep. Right. Uh, But after that, for those who do pay for it, cable is still the next expensive thing. Hence why so many of them do not pay for it.
0: Well, so that's so that's a question. So it's the next expensive thing they're paying for. What percentage are paying for cable?
1: Yeah. So it's 27% of 13 to 39 year olds looking more specifically at age groups, which I think is important because we have teens in this sample, right? So we're looking at people who still live with their families. When we look at 25 to 39 year olds, who we can be confident are usually living on their own. It's only 33%. So really not very high, um, especially when you stack that against how many are paying for premium, premium video streaming services, which is 58%.
0: Wow. Did you notice if there was a difference if men or women were spending more or less, or were they pretty much in the same zone?
1: So in terms of how much they're spending on each thing, there are differences across specific items. So of course, cables, roughly the same. If you're paying for a cable package, that's going to be the same. But when it comes to like something like a video game subscription, mm-hmm. among those who are paying for that, men are paying more money. And should be noted, it's not that much more. I want, to make sure brands understand women are also paying for gaming. They're Mm -hmm. also gamers, but it is a little bit more for men and experiences, which I think is an important one to point out. They're spending more on experiences on a monthly basis than women are. So yes, when you tally everything up, men are spending a bit more on entertainment every month, Than women are because of these really key areas. Interesting. How
0: about movie theater tickets? Are how how is that looking? There's a lot of concern around after COVID. Are people going to the theater? Then we had Barbenheimer. (laughs) What is it looking like?
1: So on a monthly basis, we see people reporting that they're spending about thirty five dollars a month on movie tickets, which is pretty one movie. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, sure, but. But it's definitely not a dead medium, by any means, as the summer showed us. Um, And women are spending a little bit more. Maybe, thank you to Barbie and Taylor. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But we also see that at-home movie rentals and purchases are $27, roughly, for the total. A little bit higher for women, actually. And so they're kind of creeping right behind there in terms of how much they're spending on at-home entertainment. Right. Which has always been the big argument and debate. Will they spend that money at home? And they are spending.
0: That's interesting, but of course, I wonder if that's the total number. Are they getting more value for that money? Are they getting multiple films for that money as I took a ticket price? Sure. What they are again? You did some lovely forced decision making. <laughs> you looked at head-to-head comparisons where people picked their preferences, and I thought this was crazy interesting. And I want to run through them: streaming versus cable matchup Love percentages. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I already said how many are actually using cable versus streaming. So we should uh, not be surprised that they are far more likely to prefer streaming. 75% would choose streaming over cable.
0: Wow. What about streaming versus social? We talked about that as well in terms of where they're going each month. But how does when they're forced to choose, what is the percentage breakdown?
1: Yeah, this supports our data as well. So we see streaming services eke out above social media content just a little bit with 53%. Choosing streaming service platforms over social media content if they were forced to choose.
0: What about short video versus long video?
1: (laughs) Almost an even split, which really is so important to understand these generations that they do want both. And that there's really a a diversity here about preference around preference when it comes to short video and long video. And you kind of have to be prepared with both uh, formats. Any of course, differences between men and women? Very slight. Like men are slightly more likely to prefer long video. But to be honest with you, it's so small, I wouldn't even mention it. It's, it's really almost a 50-50 split between short video and long video among almost all groups.
0: Here's one I love. Tune in weekly appointment viewing of a new show or binge release all at once.
1: Yeah, these are the binging generations and they have really shown their preference there. 62% tell us they would rather watch a binge drop show, which means all episodes released at once then a weekly tune-in show where they have to wait for the next week. Netflix helped to create the binge effect. We wrote a trend on that a million years ago when it was all starting. And we really see that it's become baked into their behaviors.
0: What about radio versus podcasts?
1: She asks from the podcast one. world. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. I actually am curious what you thought it would be before you saw the numbers.
0: I thought it would be podcasts just because I think people, it's about control and they don't want to show up on somebody else's schedule.
1: Yeah, I would have thought podcasts would have won out by far, but interestingly, it's close to an even split here with 52% choosing podcasts and 48% choosing radio. When you look at the total mm. 13 to 39 year olds, there's some slight variance among groups, but nothing really notable. It really is almost a, a an even split again. And I think important there is we do see that podcasts are incredibly popular, but radio is still ubiquitous and it's still a big part of their lives, especially in the car, which, Right. There.
0: right right driving i would have i still would have thought it would have been i, I was sort of surprised that it came out the way it did frankly yeah. but new shows versus re-watching that comfort food tv
1: <laughs> the comfort viewing so this speaks to the popularity of that comfort tv and how valuable they've become so while 59 percent did choose watching new shows if they had to choose. The fact that 41% say that they would prefer to watch, re-watch shows they've already seen is really something. And then when you look at females, 46% would prefer to re-watch shows they've already watched than watch a new show. That is That
0: is something. And that speaks to library content. It's unbelievable. And in an age where we have strikes, this means that in terms of marketing and promoting that library content, that familiar content, that's a real opportunity. Listen up, all you entertainment marketers. It's a real opportunity to dive into that comfort viewing, especially if they're shows that skewed towards the women. Next, and very interestingly, is where young consumers are watching content. Connected TV advertisers were pushing that young people are watching the television glass. But why, Pulse, you guys looked at the glass, TV, computer, smartphone. Where are people watching?
1: So this should be a warning for all brands. The number one place that young people are watching content is their smartphones. Your app experience has to be as good, if not better than your experience on your TV. So obviously smart TVs are now ubiquitous and there are major issues with the user experience across streamers. Mm -hmm. They need to address those, but actually even more importantly, they need to make sure that their apps are on point. Also, a lot of that smartphone viewing is happening, of course, on social media. But it's not just social media videos that they're watching on social. They're watching TV show clips. And a lot of brands are starting to play into that. And I think it's really smart.
0: Talked about what they like, how much they'll pay, the physical way they watch things. And now related to what you were talking about showing those clips, let's talk about discovering content. How do they discover content?
1: So this is really following a lot of the trends that we see when it comes to young people and how they choose to buy, what they're choosing to watch is really driven by number one, family and friends. They really listen to their networks. So word of mouth is so important when it comes to all products. And definitely that includes media but (laughs) because of course there's a, but social media is also a huge contributor to what they are choosing to watch and social media content from influencers, from people like them, young creators who are just putting content out there, fans, that's also word of mouth to them. That counts as word of mouth. So buzz around a show that's building on social media, that really is influencing them as well.
0: That's interesting that If you follow an influencer, that counts as word of mouth. I think that's really interesting. Now, the clips, are they the whole
1: show? Is it what what is what defines that? What are they seeing? There's a lot of fan content out there where clips are being shared with reactions, with captions that make it funnier. You can fall into rabbit holes around clips of Twilight or Gilmore Girls or these shows that have these huge fan. And there's also behind the scene content, of course, bloopers and and things like that do really well. So shows or media brands that know they have a strong fandom should really be playing into that by releasing that content as clips that are shareable. But also we see some brands really starting to release almost entire pieces of content in these little bite-sized uh, pieces. Um, so Paramount Plus is a great recent example to honor Mean Girls Day, which we all know is October 3rd. Why, uh, is, they Why released... is it October 3rd? I just Oh, there is a line in mean girls where she the main character asks her crush what oh sorry actually wow i feel terrible as a millennial he asks her what day it is and she says it's october 3rd it is a tiny line in the movie but that cemented october 3rd as mean girls day and this is how devoted fandoms are right you take the minutiae of the film and you turn it into legacy and lore and canon so <laughs> October third is Mean Girls Day, and they the brand knows that. So Paramount Plus actually released the entire movie in TikTok clips on October third for one day only. Fair enough, but I really do think that we are going to see more content releases like that because young people are binging content on their feeds, and that can be traditional TV and movie content just as much as it is content from creators. They just want to be entertained. That's interesting.
0: I wonder if that will then result back in helping Paramount Plus' anemic numbers. I wonder how much they're going to see I think Is if it they just had brand awareness? left it up. <laughs> right. So it makes it right? it's brand awareness for something that's, that's skimming the bottom of the barrel there that will make a difference. I
1: really do feel like. Brands should be embracing the clip culture. So for a while, we had to convince brands that it was a good thing that their shows were being turned into GIFs. It didn't like that their property was being turned into something without their permission. And it really took a while for brands to understand that this is helping to build fandom, to build word of mouth around your show. And I really Well, it's releasing like same... that IP.
0: I mean, Disney Absolutely. has always been very aggressive. Let it and... go.
1: Let but it go. What's, <laughs>
0: what's interesting is I'm thinking Discovery, Shark Week, Discovery is numbers, not great. <laughs> you know, they're right. like below torrenting in terms of where they're showing up in these things. So brand awareness, pretty important there. Um, what about speaking of, you know, Mean Girls is a film. Uh, Shark Week is a... I don't know, reality, nature, whatever, what, what are (laughs) the, so many many things, what are the genres that are popping for this demographic for this group, broadly speaking, and then if there are any sort of interesting demographic.
1: Yeah, and there really are. So we ask what types of video content they're watching weekly. So we're really digging into genres. It's a long list because we want to understand everything from the traditional genres, drama, comedy, to the niche ones that we know that they're really fueling. Esports and vloggers and unboxing even is on the list. So we're being thorough. Comedy is number one, no surprise. Drama, And then music, music videos is number three when we're looking at 13 to 39-year-olds overall. But there are really interesting differences in the top kinds of content that they're watching, the top genres that they're consuming on a weekly basis. 13 to 17-year-olds, the much-desired teens, are more likely to be watching music and music videos, much more likely to be watching anime. So really important when it comes to, to teens to think about the animated stuff that they're watching but particularly anime 18 to 24 year olds when we're thinking about young adults cartoons actually come in the top five for them so Mm. cartoons are for grown-ups grown-ups in quotes and then we have for the real grown-ups the 25 to 39 year olds reality tv is in their top five and not in the other two groups so we're thinking about your love islands and your love is blinds all that kind of candy tv we really do see 30 30 25 to 39-year-olds more likely to consume those.
0: Where is that reality TV? What is it, number one? I mean, really? Oh, for
1: 25 to 39-year-olds, it's number four.
0: Okay, golly, but still, that's interesting. If you're thinking about content that's relatively inexpensive to create, it's reality TV for sure. So speaking of recommendations for companies, entertainment companies out there, for marketers of content, what would you say is the big takeaway? Is it release the release the clip? Or is that the
1: sort of big <laughs> takeaway? Lean into social, release the clip, anything else? I mean, think about your smartphone experience. Think about how they are watching your shows on their smartphones, whether that is on your app, whether that is on social media, whether that is on YouTube, You need to figure that out and make sure that your user experience is optimized for mobile because that is the number one way that these generations are watching their content. And then even when we look at young children, so when we ask parents, where are your children watching content? TV is number one, but tablet is very close second and smartphone is number three. Interesting for kids, tablets, tablets.
0: Tablets for kids. That's interesting. I don't even think of tablets really anymore. That's really fascinating. I know, but
1: kids are still on tablets. Absolutely. And they are growing up watching mobile content as much as they are watching on, as you said, the TV glass.
0: Fantastic. So development executives, what types
1: of content should they be developing? Well, I mean, comedy is a given. I think you do want to, I think spending money on those comfort shows, that's not developing, but really when you're building your library, spending money on those comfort shows that have those really big fandoms, it's become a really huge battle who owns those things and for good reason. So you do need to have a library of comfort shows. Netflix has Grey's Anatomy. Peacock got The Office back. (laughs) Right, right. These are important shows. When it comes to developing shows, I think looking at those differences and understanding what's going to grab the audience that you're most interested in is really key because of course, broadly people like comedy, but that can mean so many things. So really digging into the more niche differences is, is really, really important when it comes to attracting Gen Z and millennials.
0: Great. And the last recommendation for your product development team, it sounds like in some ways you already addressed this. Is it really about the experience that they're having, that mobile experience and also on the TV experience? It's just got to be better. Is that
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They, they are impatient, right? And I think one thing we didn't talk about for Netflix, or maybe we did a little bit with that top 10 is really figuring out how to feature the shows that you want them to watch and to make them feel like they're watching the most popular content when they're watching your platform, because that is one thing that Netflix has.
0: Interesting. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. This information is like
1: gold. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Love talking with you.
0: We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Nott and the Voicers who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.